We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Trying not to score everything with about 30, 33s or something. Yeah, I mean, we kind of felt that. We kind of feed off that energy. This place is amazing. Like, I, I really love, I really love Duke and I love the atmosphere I'm in here. Mark Williams, beast mode. Paolo, first half, he had the cramping stuff. Fair enough. Beast mode. Doing it again. Doing it again for him. There we go. Um, <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back to the crazy cast episode. I don't know who's counting anymore. Um, Duke gets a win. Um, but first off, shout out to Field of 68, of course. Um, who, you know, who's graciously given us this platform on YouTube. Um, so shout out to everyone watching on YouTube. Shout out to everyone watching on Twitter. Shout out to everyone listening on the podcast. Um, you know, fortunately, this is a this is a uh, very positive. I think it's going to be actually we'll have some negativity in the podcast today, but you know we we have a lot of uh, positive things to to harp on. Duke smacked Syracuse. Um, great second half. Uh, uh, a classic Duke second half run put Syracuse away. Um, got a lot to talk about. You know, Mark Mitchell, Tyrese Proctor, Jared McCain. You know, Mark Mitchell Sr., you know, <laughs> but you know, what what are your uh first thoughts? Oh, I mean, we'll leave the we'll leave the tweet stuff for later. I mean, just starting with the uh game, and by the way, how about this uh home field apparel bomber jacket here, uh Zion? I know you got one of those. Oh, yeah. oh, Promo yeah. code crazy, C-R-A-Z-I-E. Go get one of those. Um crazy. Yeah, we covered, you know, good teams win, great teams cover. Uh, they said Syracuse is a tough team uh, in that comment just now. I don't think Syracuse is that good. I mean, they're an NIT team, you know, like they, they've played tough traditionally, I guess. Like they've got a decent backcourt, I guess, uh, but like nobody really in the front court other than the guy that could dunk whenever the rim was wide open, which was <laughs> often, which, you know, we could talk about, I guess. But, you know, uh, I think – a couple of things really stood out. First of all, Zion, I know we both tweeted about this. The ball moves better when Tyrese Proctor's on the floor. You know, uh, we've been saying it since the beginning. People get hung up on uh, his shooting, you know, but his defense is transformative. And his offense in terms of how he facilitates for others. Mark Mitchell had a great game. 
an incredible game, and he deserves a lot of credit for continuing to attack to get downhill. It's a shame that the cramps sort of, uh, you know, cramped his style. Uh, and see, so we didn't get to, like, keep building on that career high. Uh, he could have. But Proctor was feeding him. I mean, Proctor made some incredible passes to find him, and they had really good chemistry. Uh, you know, we saw some of the tendencies in freshman guards today, um, certainly McCain in the first half and then Foster kind of throughout today, unfortunately, where it's it's sometimes hard for them to know exactly where everybody is and to find others in space consistently. Uh, Proctor can do that, and he's great at it. So we need to keep putting the ball in Proctor's hands. I think you have to start him. I mean, like, I know we just won by 20, not without him, not in the starting lineup. You have to start him. And the other thing to point out here, obviously, is Kyle Filipowski. Boy, you know, the line didn't look great. Obviously, the first half, tough. A tough seven minutes for him. He was clearly frustrated, committed two bad fouls, frustration fouls. But... The difference for the bozos who think that like, oh, because Flip is sulking, get him out of there. Or, oh, because Flip uh, got his shot blocked, get him out of there or whatever. The difference between Duke with Flip on the floor and Duke without Flip on the floor is the difference between Duke being up two at the half and Duke winning the second half by 18. Like it, it really is that big a disparity because of what he does on defense. Okay. And, you know, I've got a follow up stat to that. And Zion, I don't know if you want me to jump right into it with the CBD analytics it. stat. I'll jump Go right into it. it. Go for it. I'm going to tell you guys right now, you know, that our sponsor is CBB analytics. My favorite site to break down stats. They got the splits last five, last 10 games, home and away. They have color-coded percentiles, making it super easy to understand what the numbers are saying. The shot charts that people post on Twitter, they're the best shot charts available. On-off stats, lineup combo stats, insane amount of info. Any serious fan should subscribe to CBB Analytics. We have a discount code CRAZY, C-R-A-Z-I-E. When users sign up, you get $40 off. Once again, that code is C-R-A-Z-I-E, CRAZY. This is my big stat, and this is like people have to wrap their minds around this. People complain, oh, flips rim protection. Flip's rim protection. Duke's opponents, when Flip is in the game, shoot 4.7% worse at the rim when he is in the game. They shoot 6.3% better at the rim when Ryan Young is in the game. And obviously, it's very, very limited minutes, but they also shoot 7.7% better at the rim when Sean Stewart is in the game, right? We don't have another option for rim protection and paint protection other than flip. I know he doesn't block shots like Mark Williams and Derek Lively. I know that he's not, you know, maybe an elite rim protector. But what he does do is he uses his body well in space. He knows how to occupy space. Uh, he knows how to be the first line of attack. We can talk about uh, the help defense when Flip is on the court. <laughs> when Flip goes to block a shot, the help defense is always wide open. You know, uh, but we don't have an alternative to flip at center. And flip, when he is in there, the team is so much better on both sides of the court. So even if he's pouting, <laughs> even if he's even if he's in a bad mood, I don't care. He can have whatever body language he wants. He can, but he's still going to get beastly results. He's going to be the best rebounder on the team. He's going to be one of the best defenders on the team, and he's going to make us better on both sides of the court. He's going to be a first-team All-American over the course of the season. 
Okay. So yeah. people gotta people gotta lay off when he's got a bad game because the, the stats don't lie. Look at what happened in the first half versus the second half. That's all yeah. I gotta say on that. Like and like piggybacking off flip, like is like you said, it's a clear difference. Like the offense is just fifteen times better um when flip is on the court. Um and that shouldn't be, I mean, that should be the case with a first team all American. Do I think he still has another level to go to? I think so. I think sure. there's a lot he could do better um offensively. Um and just the way he attacks. Um, uh, but you know, I'm holding out hope that he'll reach his peak by the end of the season. I mean, you gotta I'm not I'm not giving him, you know, an excuse, but he didn't he he wasn't he what this whole offseason he wasn't like active. So, yeah. you know, I'll give him, you know, some leeway in that, um, in that right. But I think he still has another level to get to. Um, but for sure, I mean, what what did he end up with tonight? Uh like a casual well, what, twelve and seven? Yeah, 12, twelve, seven, and seven. three with a block and a steal. Minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, on on 27 minutes. Also, like I I think there's a world of difference between these games in terms of his offensive aggression and his defensive aggression when he picks up those two early fouls versus when he doesn't. Right? Like right. he he clearly goes into a bit of self-preservation mode, you know, because he knows he has to stay on the court, and that does lead sometimes to, you know, he could he could hit a little harder on offense to to carve out that space. He could, you know, smack a little harder, you know, on defense and and be a little right. more physical there. Um, but also, he has to be on the court. So if he's got to let some of those things slide to stay out on the court in the second half, that's fine. But yeah, he he does need to watch the first half fouls. That's definitely something that, as the season continues, we would all like to see. Yeah, I, and I think you know, um, for Duke to reach his peak, we still need. We still need Flip, uh, obviously, on the floor 90% of the time, but we also need him, you know, being that first-team All-American that we – like, uh, Flip is still kind of a first-team All-American numerically, but he hasn't played like one in my eyes. But, you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll see how um, he reaches his peak eventually. Um, but, also, yeah. Other... We see every possession he plays. You know, like, yeah, if, you, yeah. if you watch Zach Eady every possession he plays – you're going to see possessions where it's like, well, he messed up there. Oh, he could have done better there. I mean, like it, it happens it, you, when well, you know your own guys too well at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. Like, so I, I still but, think but, he's, but he's forget the flip talk. minimum in that conversation. Yeah. Forget the flip talk. Let's hop to Mark Mitchell. Cause obviously yeah. Mark Mitchell has been, I think we'll get to the comments, the tweets later. We'll get to the tweets later, but specifically, <laughs> specifically him tonight. Um, I guess you can't really talk about Mark Mitchell tonight without talking about Tyrese Proctor. Um, both, I feel like, had great chemistry tonight. Um, they were probably our only source of offense for 50% of the game um, until we had the second half where, you know, um, Flip opened things up for us to, you know, score from the perimeter, and we just started hitting shots. Uh, but, yeah, Mark Mitchell specifically, man, he's caught a lot of hate. He's called a lot, like, even after those tweets. I'm not touching the, on the tweets, but, like, the reaction to the tweets, I just saw Duke fans pile on. And I've always said I believe in Mark Mitchell. Like, you know, I saw too much of the guy we saw last year. It's not even the three-point shooting. The three-point shooting is a, is an issue. But last year, what intrigued me is his ability to get to the rim at will, finish through contact, draw fouls, um, and just play with aggression and kind of be that junkyard dog but a little higher level of a junkyard dog. 
Um, and we saw that tonight, I feel like. You know, he was scoring in transition, attacking the rim aggressively. Um, and, you know, I think that's the player we need. The threes are nice. They're cool. I get people wants to – everyone wants to see Mark Mitchell hit a three. I get it. You know, I want to see I want to see him hit a three too. Ultimately, for the rest of the season, January to March, he's not going to get covered. That's it. He, he can hit at, as many threes as he wants. Nobody is checking Mark Mitchell anymore at the three-point line. So we need to find ways to put him in position to be more effective. And I think, you know, Flip was in foul trouble tonight. He stepped up um, playing a lot of the five minutes. And I, I think, you know, um, it'll be big for him moving forward just confidence-wise because I was getting scared. Once I saw them tweets, I was like, all right, now I'm a little worried about his confidence or, you know, what if he's one foot one one foot out, one foot in, one foot out. So um, this was a very encouraging performance for Mark. I thought I, I kind of thought that was a weird – the timing of the tweet in question was weird yeah. to me. Because he's been playing better, like notably. And, you know, another thing, again, using the on-off stats on cbbanalytics.com, Mitchell on the season now is, uh, by on-off numbers, our best defender, which you may recall, like, at the beginning of December or so, he was a net negative on defense. He had not been defending well in the first several games of the season, I think because he was really getting in his head about the the three-point shooting since then he's let that go and in fact in the last 10 games of the season he is we are 18.9 points better on defense per 100 possessions when mark mitchell is in the game uh and that is like the best on the team by a lot it's 97th percentile in the country over the last 10 games i mean those are terrific numbers uh and he's got the best plus minus on the team the best net rating in the last 10 games as well so again like the only thing he's not doing well right now really is the three-point shooting right uh the offensive rebounding when he's on the floor as a team has been really bad uh i don't i don't think that's just Mark, I think it's the team, but there's something to the mojo of when he's out there. The offensive rebounding is not there at all as a team. I don't know what that is, but it's it's a, it's a thing. And then obviously the help side defense when Flip goes to block a shot, uh, Mark sometimes leaves sometimes leaves uh, guys <laughs> a little open there. Um, but again, he's he's also still young, and also if I recall correctly, he didn't have a full off season either. Really correct? I mean, like what he not didn't. Really. He, yeah, he also had some stuff going on. So um, I, I continue to think he will also get better. And you're right. No one's going to guard him. He could go five for five from three in a game, but he's still he's going to get the Trey Jones in the NCAA tournament freshman year treatment, mm-hmm. right? They're just going to let it wide open. And Jay Will talked about it in the game. They said if, he's gonna, if they're going to give him that much space, he has to use that space to start moving toward the rim. Like, right. I, I, he, I, I know he has to take a shot or two per game just because he has to, but like, I, if they give him that much space, the strength he has when he starts moving downhill, I just, mm-hmm. I, I feel like he can use it to his advantage. And if he starts doing that, then they're going to have to guard him a little closer on the outside just because you can't let him get the full head of steam. And then that, that changes the spacing, even if he's not making his threes. So I, I don't know exactly how to fix that, but as long as he keeps defending and playing really hard out there, then none of it matters. Like he's a, a huge net positive the way he's playing. Right. 
And I guess uh oh wait, oh okay. I was like Isaiah Evans, I saw Isaiah Evans sweet. Um I guess we could kind of uh jump to Tyrese Parker from there because obviously I think um him and Mark were kind of the fuel for us in the first half, our only sense of life. Um to me, I tweeted it during the game. Russ tweeted it during the game. <laughs> it's time, man. It's, it's, we knew eventually it was coming. We knew eventually that there was going to be a game where we're like, okay, let's be let's be done with this. Caleb Foster, you know, I love Caleb, but our point guard is Tyrese. And at points, you know, especially when Tyrese was off the ball or Tyrese wasn't in the game, our offense was disgusting. I, I, I tweeted a clip. Um where it was just nasty, where um, Caleb Foster brought up the ball, got a scream, I think, from TJ Power. TJ Power pops out, then everyone just freezes. Nobody moves. Caleb Foster goes one-on-one, takes an off-balance layup. I'm like, man. And I think uh, I I saw a tweet. um, I think it was from Duke Report that Tyrese was yelling uh, in the the huddle that – yelling at the freshman guards that uh, they need to pass – they need to move the ball. When yeah, a captain or captains tell you that it's time to you know maybe put the ball to captain's hands and let him you know let, let him do the let him do the moving of the ball because you know I think you know our best possessions came when the when the ball was in uh, Tyrese Proctor's hands. Yeah, McCain was doing it a little bit at first too. Um, I, I I obviously tweeted something about how I didn't think he was having a good game, and then he ripped off three consecutive threes in a row. You know, like that's. <laughs> That's what you get when you're trying to talk about a game live, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, obviously, and we can talk about McCain some later too. But uh, yeah, freshmen aren't going to be as good at getting everyone involved as somebody with some experience is going to. And Proctor is, I maintain, still one of the best live dribble passers that we've had at Duke in the last decade. I mean, you've got to let him work. And I don't care if the threes aren't falling. I don't care if people think he should be, you know, doing ISO uh, dribble offense stuff more. Whatever it is that people complain about in my comments, like, where is he? He's a ghost tonight. Yeah, you know what he is doing? He's getting people involved and he's playing good defense. So, like, you know, only two of the most important things someone can do. Like, it's not up to me to teach you all what basketball is and how it works, okay? Good God, man. It's so obvious that the team is better when Proctor is out on the floor in general. I know he's had some tough games. I get it. And again, much like with Flip, are there things that Proctor can do to keep coming along? Absolutely. That's true of every player in college. Um, But the team is going to be better, in particular the offense, the ball movement on offense will be better over the course of an entire season with the ball in Proctor's hands. Um, I I also want to point out, too, because I don't even think we've brought up his name today, and his name deserves to be brought up. I I mean, Jeremy Roach is still continuing to have an incredible season. I mean, like, just like the most quiet, uh, like, dope-ass line today. (laughs) Like, what did he have? 17, four, uh, and two, you know, the three turnovers, whatever, but I mean, seven of 11 shooting two threes, 17 points. I mean, like that's just, and that's quiet. The way he does it is so, uh, you look up and Jeremy Roach has, oh, 15 points on incredible efficiency. 
Uh, he's been defending better this season in general, too, on over the course of the year. I know I've been one of the first people to point out that he's been a net negative on defense over the course of the last <laughs> you know, seasons here at Duke. And so far, uh, his defense on the season uh, is not quite a net positive, uh, but it's not a, really a net negative. And over the last, uh, you know, 10 games, he has been playing very well. He's been engaged. He's been active. Uh, I think his activity level has always been pretty good on defense. Obviously, we've had uh, we haven't like faced some of those bigger guards that he sometimes has some issue with. Um, he faced he faced big guards tonight. We kind of struggled at points. It, it, when he was on mints, there were some issues at times. Uh, I thought, um, but also a, a few different guys had issues with mints tonight. I, you know, there's just something about. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is about these like free throw merchant ass, you know, guards who, you know, come in against Duke. And I know that Duke's had their fair share of like dudes who exaggerate when they shoot. Bro, Mince, every shot was flailing like, <laughs> like you wouldn't believe, man. Like before he was doing like, you know, how Kobe would do the leg kick out. He was kicking both legs and both arms out. He was star fishing his ass out there, man. Like, Wow, you know, just hey, like man, that, that's that's the league today. He's ready, he's ready for the league. Yeah, you know, he's he's gonna join uh the likes of Johnny Flynn and Tyler Ennis as uh, Syracuse <laughs> point guards in the NBA. Look, I uh <laughs> look, I don't have to watch him play again this year, so I don't care. I uh they're they're an NIT team, you know, like we have to be able to do this against teams of this quality. We <laughs> did, uh, especially at home, you have to be able to do it. Fought through some good adversity in the first half with the most important player on your team on the bench for the majority of that half. I, I <laughs> we won by twenty. I, I do got a response to this. Um, Anthony, shout out to Anthony. I see you in the comments often. Uh, he said, "I want Roach to improve his finishing at the rim. He gets stopped almost every time he attacks." Honestly, I think Roach is our best best attacker at this point right now. At least right now, um, I think I prefer Mark maybe going to the rim. But I don't think anyone uh, attacked the rim with more confidence and fearlessness than Jeremy Roach. Like, like even even on the fast breaks we saw today, like he he's he's fearless, man. I I respect him every time he takes the ball to the rim. Hey, here's a CBB analytics stat on uh, Jeremy Roach uh, for that exact person on the season. Jeremy Roach shooting forty six point four percent in the paint. That's six point one percent above the league average. And he is shooting 70.8% at the rim. That is 8.8% above the league average. So, mm. like, he's above he's above average inside right now. I mean, I know that in the past, he uh, sometimes, and I don't blame him for this, there have been times when he's been asked to, like, dribble into traffic and pull something out of nothing. I don't blame him for that. But as a smaller guard, does he sometimes get into some turnover trouble in those situations? Yes. But do I also think that he's the best, uh, like creator off the bounce on the team? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that's a given. I mean, who else would it be right now in terms of consistency? Like, yeah, uh, you know, when he takes from the left elbow, like mid range jump shot, he's shooting sixty four point three percent on those. Like, you don't do that, <laughs> no, like. Div Division one field goal percentage from there is 36.6%. 
he's shooting 64.3% on those. Like, he doesn't miss those. I mean, yeah. what are you going to do? <laughs> he can't, he's on a heater. I hope he stays this way all season, man. If he stays this way all season, he might – like, uh, could he be a first-team All-ACC guy? Like Ooh, Jeremy? Yeah. Because, like, Kyle will be there. It just As, depends on who else in the ACC. Yeah, do they do it by position? No, it's just okay, the okay, best, okay. best dudes. But like, say, but he, averages, Davis. he could average 16, 17 points in ACC play. And so I'll say, Duke, I'll say it depends where Duke ends up number one because he probably has a lot of competition. Joe Girard, PJ Hall, um, uh, RJ Davis is probably locked up a spot already. Flip is probably locked up a spot already. I think RJ, so. PJ, and Flip, assuming they all stay healthy, has uh, have all three locked up spots. So yeah. then it comes down to, yeah, I think you're right, who the best teams are. Hunter Salas, too, is fighting because he's been putting out numbers. Yeah, I mean, and there's some dudes – there's some dudes on like some some teams that are like bubbly kind of mid teams that are gonna you know, I mean I I think that <laughs> I think the kid from Pittsburgh has no chance now, um, you know Judah Mintz is gonna put up a lot of points this season, um I don't know I'm not saying that it would happen but like the fact that I even yeah. think it's within the realm of possibility says a lot about just how well he's been playing. Yeah, so. I, I think he'll definitely be in. He's he's definitely a second teamer. If not if not, he doesn't land on a first teamer. But like, I think he's been he's definitely deserved that right. As as um, long as he continues to keep playing this way, yeah. I mean, I think there's there's no question that he. I'm gonna look up who the leading scorers are in the ACC because I'm not sure. Um, and I'm, I'm curious. About to, I'm about to tweet it out. Can Jeremy Roach make first team or ACC? <laughs> People are gonna be like. Who said that? Clearly, it wasn't Russell. <laughs> um, we got a question here. Do you guys think after tonight is too soon to put um, Proctor? No, uh, we kind of no. touched on this. Yeah, I think I think we're no. we're Easy ready. Answer. Let's go back. Yeah, I, I think I think this pro um this was kind of like exactly what John Shire was waiting for. Um, he was just waiting for a moment to say, "Hmm, my freshman looked young tonight. Let me get back, bring back my." You know, um, former projected top ten pick, uh, Tyrese Proctor. Uh, apparently, he's not a. You said he wasn't in the first. I didn't even look at the list. He wasn't in the mock draft today by ESPN. He wasn't in the top twenty-five. Um, but I also I think sometimes he doesn't put people in if he like is sure they're definitely coming out. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, so which would also explain like uh, Vicini just tweeted out something after the game about Jared McCain uh, and sort of like Reed Shepard from Kentucky in tandem saying that like, here are two guys that maybe don't have like NBA athleticism, but like they are so good at what they do that like, maybe you just have to take them yeah. and be like, well, if you're this good at the game of basketball, then you'll figure it out at the next level. Like regardless. Yeah. Uh, which like is, I, I, yeah. It's another I, I kind of told, I mean, y'all today, like, I feel like Jared is going to definitely enter. I think, I think both of them are going to be back in the um, first round mock drafts by March. But I also think Jared, even if he's in, his name is in there, he's still there's still a good chance he might come back to Duke. Um, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We should all hope for it. Um, yeah. And I think that's a good segue because we got to talk about Jeremy King because um, I got to address some people. I got to address some people who are like not, not not annoying me. I don't get annoyed by Duke fans because, you know, y'all are family. But I, you know, some things just trigger me. They, they, they'll like, you know, uh, trigger, trigger a reaction for me. But, you know, a lot of people were kind of quick to say, yo, he's not a shooter. He's not a pure shooter. Um, you know, I've been fighting that all season. I've been fighting that all season. Jeremy McCain is a pure shooter. Uh, Ray Sutton asked, "Who is Jeremy McCain the best Duke shooter since who? Since Luke Kennard. A lot of people in my message said Jer- um, Gary Trent. Jer- Gary Trent wasn't consistent enough. Um, AJ Griffin, great shooter, did a lot more stationary shooting. Could not really shoot off the dribble. Didn't see him much. Not not that he couldn't shoot off the dribble. You didn't see him much crate. Like you didn't see AJ Griffin dribble the ball up um full court, right. pull up in transition from three with someone maybe still in front of him. Um I'm not, nah, I'm not calling anybody idiots. No Duke fans aren't idiots. There are some people out there who, who Bro, there are some court. idiots. Every okay, fan yeah, base that, has uh, idiots. Dude, yeah. every fan base has yeah. idiots. But anybody who follows me and everyone who follows this show and watches this show, you are not an idiot. <laughs> but yeah, and I think you know before the season, I, I found I found some old tweets. Got I think I got I got into a debate in March, actually probably after the tournament of someone's pe- people arguing that Clay Foster deserves to start over Jeremy McCain. And my biggest point was Jeremy McCain fits better with the lineup because of shooting. And I know they argued that Caleb Foster had better shoot, like as good shooting numbers in high school. But if you watch them in high school, a lot said Caleb Foster wasn't a pure shooter. He was more streaky. Just just uh, look at the stroke. I mean, yeah. like Every, everything told you that McCain is a pure shooter and he's going to translate to the college level. I know people are worried about his shooting translate, but he's such a pure shooter that you knew it was going to translate to this level. And I'm glad we're finally seeing it because We've needed a shooter for so long, for so long. And um, we finally have that. And I think it's just about maximizing his shooting ability for the rest of the season. I think we've seen it. What is he averaging? Like 18, 18 a game past four, four or five games. Um, he stepped up, man. And, and I'm glad to see it. Yeah. I mean, the people who are saying this, they are idiots. You don't have to be nice to them. They deserve to be made fun of. <laughs> <laughs> because if you 
start to sell a dude's shooting ability after th- his first three college games, then you heard dumb. <laughs> like, you know, that was the after that Michigan State game, he had he had shot three for eleven on the season. Okay. That's sub. That was the only time this season he's been sub 40% from three. That includes even after, you know, he had the tough uh, shooting in the two losses. He was one for six in the two losses that followed. He was still shooting above 40%. I think we said on this show, because people were talking in the comments of this show after the Georgia Tech game, like, oh, like Jared McCain, like he's not really like a shooter like that. He's not. And I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I said on one of these shows, somebody can go back and look at the clip. I was like, He's shooting 44% from three. <laughs> like, what do yeah. what do people think? Like, yeah. Now, do I think that there's a world in which because he's a freshman, he's going to have games where maybe like a taller defender or, uh, you know, maybe just your natural freshman in January stuff. Again, his first half this game was not great. You know, he's, he's going to have some ups and some downs. That comes with the best freshmen have those ups and downs, right? Right. Like, so people need to calm down (laughs) when it comes to McCain. I think McCain clearly processes the game really well. He is still learning how to create for others. He's still learning, uh, I think, how to finish over guys that are bigger than him uh, when dealing with that sort of physicality, when when, uh, that dribble drive at the paint. Um, we saw a couple of those sort of go awry today. And I'd say in the last few games, he's had a couple of those. So, so he'll work on that. He's still, he's what, 10 games into his, how many games we played? He's, he's got so much time to work, especially if he comes back for his sophomore year, he'll be a preseason first team, all American. Like they'll, they'll put him there if he, if he decides to come back and he'll be like a guy that everyone goes, Oh my God, him and Cooper flag. Oh, like the hype train would be completely right. out of control. Um, but deservingly so. He's great. Down yeah. three with five seconds left. I want McCain. I mean, down three with five seconds left this year, dude. You want Jeremy Roach. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, you want Jeremy Roach. If it's an off uh, look, I, would I be very comfortable if McCain's got an off the catch shot? Sure, absolutely, I would. Would I be more comfortable with the Jeremy Roach off the catch shot with five seconds left? Absolutely. We also just have a bigger sample size of Jeremy Roach taking shots with very little time left on the clock. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know who that Copeland dude is. That's a, that's a, a Kiki Palmer. I do not know this man. Sorry to this man. I do not Wait, know. Who's Copeland? Man. Like, I yeah, I I was like, no, I'm, I'm serious. Who was Copeland? Like, who was Copeland needed to quiet down? He was a dude. He was the dude that when uh, he fouled Mark Mitchell, he came back up the court going like, oh, like being okay, like, okay, oh, he's okay. flopping, you know, like making a hand gesture for the people listening on podcast oh, form. Oh. oh, this is the number twenty four dude that ever was tweeting about that stepped on a logo or something. Yeah, that's all before the game. Yeah, he started yeah, yeah, yeah. minus 11. My man was pressed. He stomped you know? on the logo pregame. Yeah, Syracuse brought some weird energy. The guys brought some weird energy tonight. I'm all, I'm all cool with talking smack. That's part of the game. Judah Mintz, you were down eight points talking smack, like talking crazy to Tyrese. Then Duke just goes on a run and closes out the game. Um, 
Don't do that, brother. You got to know where you at, man. You ain't he Cameron was, indoor, man. He was mad that the refs weren't buying the free throw merchant act anymore. You know, <laughs> like he was he was looking he was looking ahead to his uh, career as a as a shorter Michael Carter Williams. You know, like <laughs> oh, oh man, man. like and JJ Starling was a nothing burger in this game. I mean, the the dude that showed up was the guy who got a slew of wide open dunks. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I was like, yo, this man has the easiest job I ever seen. This man, man got a whole highlight tape of wide open dunks. Uh, <laughs> that guy's mixtape is going to be all Duke. <laughs> all Duke. <laughs> I was stunned. Dude, isn't in the box score on step uh, on the, on the site there, go to the visitor stats. It said, yeah. it said, I think they only had five dunks as a team. And that he had eleven shots that go in, dude. I, I would have yeah. sworn that was eleven dunks, man. Eleven that dunks. Guy was dunking. He made a three. <laughs> I, I I missed that. I don't know. How, can you dunk a three? Can you dunk a three? That dude man. was out of control. Mark said Duke's pick and roll defense needs work, to say the least. I, like, yes, to a point, sure. Uh, I like, but I think that. Flip playing very tentatively because of the foul trouble early definitely hurt that. And a lot of Brown, like Brown had at least three dunks at the end of the first half. So, I mean, I, I think he had 16, 18 points in the first half. I, I don't remember exactly what it was. Um, so a, a lot of that efficiency came when Flip was not in the game. When Flip's in the game, Duke's uh, pick and roll defense is a lot better. Uh, when Proctor's in the game, the pick and roll defense is a lot better. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not that concerned presently. Um, Ryan, Young, <laughs> Ryan Young on the floor is pick and roll. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, he tries, uh, he, he plays with good energy thoughts on the second half start since we usually struggle. I mean, it was good. I like Syracuse just, <laughs> They're not that good, man. Like I like they're they're fine. They're okay. They're average. What what are they on Ken Palm? They're like 90th or something. 85th. That's like your most mid high major record and uh and resume imaginable, you know. Um so yeah, we we needed to start that second half better cuz Flip was back in the game. And so then all of a sudden what a surprise. We're better when he's on the floor. Um, we've had some slow starts over the course of the season, sure. But, I mean, Shaw Morant, good Lord. Um, honorary Dookie, Shaw Morant. Honorary Dookie. <laughs> oh, honorary he did a Duke slam dunk where he did the Corey Maggette slap the backboard. Um, yeah, so I don't know, man. I Like, I think we're going to continue to have some struggles with starts, especially in the first half. Like in the, in the first half, that's where like, we just, we need flip to stay on the floor in the first half. <laughs> yeah, we did get some, we did get some short stores <laughs> minutes tonight. Um, they were like someone tweet. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't great. They weren't great. I don't think they were like alarming, but um, like I said, someone tweeted, tweeted at me. I think they were trolling me. I don't know. I've moved on from the Sean store thing. I said that on the last show. So, you know, you don't see me tweeting about Sean Stewart anymore because I actually think that is, like, 
it's done. Like, you know, you, you better for just hope for sophomore. Anyway. Yeah. 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 For this year, it's done. Um, and that's okay because I think um, they're starting to figure it out at least, you know, with their rotation. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's not going to hear from me anymore um, on that. So good luck with that. Um, there's, there's a world in which, too, like he just figures it out later in the season, you know, where he gets – you know, that classic, like every every year, I feel like late in January or whatever, we have like a game where a dude is all of a sudden like, whoa, holy cow, this kid who never plays like came out like and really did something in a spot where we really needed him. I mean, and Sean Stewart's like an obvious <laughs> candidate for that, you know. Um, so I, I'm definitely hopeful that we'll uh, that, that there's more to come from him. Duke needs power, Stewart, or Young to complement the four or five positions for Duke to be really good. I mean, that or Flip and Mark need to play 30-plus minutes every game. I mean, yeah, yeah we, we, have a, we, have a serious, we have a serious issue as it pertains to minutes when Flip is not on the floor. I mean, yeah. that's, that's – if if Duke, you can look into your crystal ball and say, well, this five-person lineup that Duke has with our you know starting five is terrific. I, I don't. I'm going to pull up what what their like numbers are right now in terms of like nationwide. Yeah, our Roach McCain Proctor Mitchell flip lineup and our Roach McCain Foster Mitchell flip lineups. Uh, on the season are in the 99th and 96th percentile of five-man lineups in the country. We're one of the best teams in the country when they're on the floor. We're not when they're not. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. you can you can look into your crystal ball and see a game where a, we go up against some big man that gets flipped two fouls in the first five minutes. And then that, that might be curtains, man. That might, that, that might be might how, be that might be how it goes down. Like, if Flip stays on the court the whole time, all six games in the NCAA tournament, we can win the championship. I I certainly believe that. I genuinely believe that. But if Flip can't stay out there, might be a wrap. I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah. find out as the season progresses. Yeah, we I think we'll we'll definitely see that uh, see that in uh, I think bigger games. Um, we went to zone today. I wouldn't be surprised if a solution to some of that is just that, like, they throw some zone out there. Like, yeah, um, I don't love I that option, especially against some of the better teams in the country. Like, if you go up against UConn and Donovan Klingon is in there and he gets flipped two fouls, like, then UConn can just drain threes against a, a zone, you know? Like, yeah. There, there are some teams that have a big man that can get flip and foul trouble that, that are also sort of tailor-made to decimate his own. So we do have to solve that. Um, whether it comes from flip, you know, playing a little more conservative, you know, to start the game. But I'm sure flip also thinks he needs to set the, t the tone energy-wise early, like to some extent. Like he doesn't want to come in and be not like energized getting the ball early flip he wants to be that dude he wants like we just gotta like i don't know i don't know it's gotta be tough for him i i feel for the kid it's a it's a big ask they're asking a lot of him yeah but i mean well you're talking about flip yeah they're they're asking yeah. flip they're asking flip to do everything and yeah and, but but i mean that kind of comes with that comes with being you know who you are 
It does, know? but I do think that a lot of a lot of the best players. I don't. I I feel like if if Zach Eady goes to the bench for Purdue, they have like a plan for like what they would do if he's not in <laughs> or whatever. You know, like there there are teams that have plans yeah. for what what they do, and like at least so far this season, we haven't seen enough of it, unfortunately. Yeah. Um. Uh. And Ryan and Ryan could, dude. Ryan, if any, uh, he's nothing if not a smart player. Like Ryan knows his own limitations, and he works hard. So, like, depending on the matchup, sure, Ryan can come in and be real effective. He can be effective like he was against Baylor for five minutes. You know, those are beastly five minutes. If he can, if he can be a plus ten in five minutes consistently, then this isn't even a conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, um quickly what's re what's what's Reeve deal? Um not ready. he's hurt. He's hurt well, and he's he's too. behind he's behind the process and he at this point it's too late to kind of get him back in the swing of things. So I don't think you know we'll really yeah. see him the rest of the year. Um he was also always projected like like blue white game notwithstanding. He was always brought in to be a multi-year guy, like yeah, I, but I know that there were there was talk. I know there was talk, but like the plan before he stepped foot on a court freshman year into that into that scrimmage, the plan was he's a multi-year guy. Yeah, but next year I don't know. People are saying red shirt. It's gonna get clogged next year too. It's not like you know. There's a uh, much upside in using him, you know, unless the foot speed increases randomly. But you know, he we'll see. Get, we'll see. You also can't play him with flag. He's not a. He's not. That's not the type of game that flag wants to play. Like he. He. Yeah. Like we want to run with flag, and we want to give flag some space to like get downhill or to get his post-ups in and do his right. thing. Like, like Reeves is, is purely a dunker spot three feet within the rim guy. So right. then like that just doesn't play to flag strengths either. So it's, it's a tough spot. It's a tough spot. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's time. I think it's time. I think people we're about 40, 40, 45 minutes in. So oh, hear about the tweets or what is yeah, the man, we, we got to address these tweets, man. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mark Mitchell pop tweets. He tweeted a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. 
Oh man, I guess I guess we can read it for those not on Twitter that are listening to the podcast. Also, if you're if, if you're not watching on YouTube, go to YouTube. What do you why are you not watching on YouTube? Yeah, Come yeah, to yeah. YouTube, leave some comments. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up in order to hear Zion read this tweet here. Yeah, hit the thumbs up, man. Um, we as a family do not support what we're seeing from Mark at Duke. How do you show up at a university and lose your identity? Both Mark and Duke need to work it out. Disturbing. There was other tweets. There was other tweets. Let me try to see. Some of them got deleted. Some of them he deleted yeah. right away. But I, I asked Twitter, and they 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 found me a couple. So let me see. He also retweeted our boy Ryan at one point. Oh man, maybe it's a Ryan burner. Let me see. <laughs> I was gonna say, do we have confirmation that this is actually his dad? I I think it's his dad because Mark does follow him. I, I if I recall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was a lot of, I don't know whether these, um, insiders or like just people do community were always following him, but it seemed, it, it seemed kind of weird just to imitate Mark's dad. That'll just be very went random. Like, why are you imitating Mark's it would, dad? But there are weirdos out there. I don't know. There are definitely weirdos out there for sure. The other one, he, he had a lot of tweets. But he quoted this saying, this is tweet is not a cry for help. There are many families and athletes that I c- can identify with this. We just happen to have a soundboard that hopefully can, hopefully some can lean. I don't even know what that means. But thank uh, you to those that are sympathetic to these young athletes coming men. Does um, it, it like... That was another question I had, and I, I, I'm just asking because I genuinely don't know. Like, is does he speak English as his first language? I, I don't mean that as a man. Don't do all that, brother. That's, no, I genuinely that's... don't. I, I genuinely <laughs> don't know, dude. Nah, man, he's from Kansas, bro. Come on, well, bro. He's not... Well, so then that that makes me like question, like some of like the, some of these tweets are like erratic. Is my point? You know what I mean? Like, I think he's like, old. You he doesn't th- understand. You think he's just like typing bad and like it doesn't, you know? What I mean? Not, yeah, I think he's number one typing bad, but also I think you know he doesn't understand the ramifications. Let me get this off the screen. He doesn't understand the ramifications of what his tweet can kind of do. Um, that's kind of the, the disconnect between the under the older generation and the younger generation, uh, because you know he didn't grow up on social media. So while he may just see this as you know another tweet, um. He doesn't understand what can come with it. I will say, <clears throat> I tweeted this. Only thing I didn't like was the Duke fans' reactions that were just like coming at yo know, tweeting at his dad. Because what does that look like? You attacking his no, dad? You can't do that. Yeah, you, yeah, you attacking his dad, and then in the same way you're indirectly attacking Mark because the way you all were attacking his dad, you were bringing up why Mark is not playing well, and it wasn't like oh, you know. A, a supportive type thing. It was like it was basically your, y'all saying your son is trash, um, and that's the really what I didn't like. Other than that, I didn't agree with the t- tweet. I told y'all, <clears throat> I thought the tweet was very weird just to tweet out, and that's why I think it's a disconnect between the older generation and the younger generation. It was no necessary, no reason to tweet it out. You know, even if you feel that way, I don't feel like he was wrong. You know, but. You just didn't need to tweet it out. I thought the timing was weird. Also, I'm going, back and, I'm going back and looking at the other tweets, and yeah, maybe it's just like he's just like typing bad. 
Like, because, because, like, <laughs> I, I like I read that same tweet that you read, and I was like, I don't even know what he's trying to say. Like, I, I genuinely was confused by it. That's why I, I wasn't trying to be disrespectful with the English thing. I just like it, yeah. sometimes, and that also was why I wondered whether this was actually his dad. Because I, again, there's weirdos out there that try to stir shit up. I don't know, right? Like. Right. So when I just see some like weird tweets I don't understand and people are like, this is, this is his pops. I'm like, I'm like, word, like what's going on here? Uh, especially because again, he'd been playing well, like he's not shooting well, but he's been playing well. Yeah. Um, so the timing of it was really weird to me. Like the retweets that he was doing in like November where he was like, what's going on here where he retweeted our boy, Ryan, uh, you know, like oh, that I didn't even see those retweets. Wait, oh yeah, you scroll back. He was he me, was just like a little me. like what's going on, you know, like I don't yeah, scroll look at what was it? I just had it pulled up, man. Let's <laughs> go back on his tweets a bit. Yeah, you're gonna see a big Ryan Loman, the Duke Nation. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Shout man. out contributing to the trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tweet about no I, stealing, identity. No stealing his bars about identity. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. So, like, but but at that point in the season, Mark was struggling on both ends. And so, like, I think it makes sense for him to be like, what in the world is happening then? But now they've been playing well. So, yeah, yeah. Somebody said this is all Ryan's fault. I agree. <laughs> um, yeah, Duke fans don't do this. Don't do this. What are you doing? You're yeah. this is another example of idiot behavior. You know, like, <laughs> like, don't do it. Even if you think what he's saying is super wrong, what if, even if you think, like, that this isn't, not only isn't the place, but it's disrespectful to Shire, whatever, like, high horse thing you want to do, you don't tweet at recruits ever. You don't tweet at negative stuff at players ever. And you don't tweet at a player's family. Like, what are you, what are you thinking? You yeah. know, like, like mind boggling stuff. So, uh, yeah, I just think the timing was weird. Again, I wasn't sure what to make of it. He, he had deleted a couple of tweets, too, um, about, like, he had tweeted something to follow up being like, this isn't a shot at Mark or a shot at Duke. And then he, like, deleted that one later. I don't, yeah. like, you know, like, so, again, I was like, what is happening here? Um, <laughs> but, you know, like... Zion, you know, you know better than most. Like sometimes, sometimes players' parents or uncles or you know whoever yeah. else they uh, they feel like expressing their feelings. Yeah, and uh, you know it's hard to keep a hundred percent of people a hundred percent happy a hundred percent of the time. You're just never gonna that? do it. Um. And again, I, I kind of read his follow-up tweets in conjunction with this as a Mark also has things to work on. Like he I didn't read it. Exactly. I didn't read it as a this is all Duke's fault. My son is perfect and Duke has ruined him. I didn't I didn't take it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um but you know what? If that tweet led to Mark I somebody tweeted me uh or somebody sent me a text that said, maybe Mark played today to be like, okay, dad, will you shut up now? Will you just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like when you, when your folks get on your case a little bit and you just got to like yeah. show them you're all right and be like, I can handle this myself. Okay. That, um, that, that, that was my big thing. Like 
Why were people trying to judge the relationship for market? Is that like people are saying, "Oh man, that's a, such a bad father." Just to, I'm just like, man, stop, stop, man, just stop. That just gets me mad because I just I look know. at it from a a player standpoint. Like, yo, Mark is very active on Twitter. Whether you think he's not, Mark watches people's tweets. Mark is liking tweets. I'm seeing like you know, Mark will randomly pop up. And, and my uh, notifications just or a like or something. He's watching people's tweets. Yeah. So, like, when he sees is that, number one, getting clowned upon by Duke fans or, you know, people are taking a shot, basically calling Mark trash, people feel type of – like, players feel a type of way. And yeah. they will use that against you to feel some type of way when they're yeah. ultimately making a decision. Hmm, should I come back to Duke? Or, hmm, should I transfer? Should I hit the portal? You know, it's like – those things do factor in. So, like, yeah. just be careful. You know, it's one thing to constructively criticize, you know, without any emotion. But when you start getting personal like that, it's stop. Just stop. Yeah. And it's and it's hard. I mean, I know a lot of people want to comment. I, I tweet about this all the time. But, like, if you want to comment on games during a game and a player is having a bad game, you can say – this this is a bad game from Mark, no question about it, right? You don't tag him in it, you know, but you can talk about him in the moment. But once you start saying, like, this dude sucks, or once you start saying, this dude is trash, or once you start saying, like, once you start saying, like, broad things, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I feel like people, <laughs> obviously, I've said things in the past about Jeremy Roach, which have been construed as hate by people, but I try every time I say Anything about any player, including Jeremy, I've always said this element of his game this season, uh, it has not worked out. Over the course of his career, this has been a trend, right? Like, I'm trying to say things very neutrally. Like, he's clearly a very stand-up guy. He's a brilliant offensive player. All these players have strengths. All these players have things they can work on. Like, so dudes got to like, like all y'all have to calm down with how you say things sometimes. Like Mark, uh, critical. Mark did a comment on this. I'm trying to find a tweet to pull it up. Someone asked him, Carter, on you know, just see the tweet. It said, ask Mark Mitchell's about, uh, asked the Mark Mitchell about his dad's tweet this weekend. His answer. Nah, that ain't got nothing to do with me, man. I'm good. I love Duke and I'm grateful. <laughs> Isn't that well, that's, that's that's like when when your dad like says some shit on Facebook like shares some like uh, <laughs> <laughs> shares something like embarrassing your friends are like dude you see what your dad like put on Facebook and you're like hey that's his business <laughs> that's his business man, ain't got nothing no clue means that nonsense man but hey man let's be careful yeah. that's my message Duke fan be careful going at people you don't have to necessarily agree with what he did I don't necessarily I don't agree with what he did. But you know, I'm not gonna sit up here on a Sunday, on a Sunday, on a holiday weekend, talking about Mark Mitchell's dad's tweets and coming for him. Come on, bro. We got some. We got stuff be- to do better than that, man. That's that's all I have to say on that. On that. Yeah, uh, you should. Example. You should instead uh, screen cap the tweets and uh, text them uh, to your friends and share your funniest stuff privately <laughs> within text. You don't. You don't. You don't tweet them publicly. That's- <laughs> <laughs> you can you could say whatever you want in the confines of your own private uh domicile you know what i mean <laughs> like but yeah. once you start tweeting at parents like that is whack and you're an idiot for doing it <laughs> like don't there do it go calling people idiots again 
He is. I'll 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 tweet that. Anybody who tweets at a parent some negative shit about their kid or about what they are doing are idiots. Period. <laughs> Shout out to Isaiah like Evans. Shout out to Isaiah Evans on the building tonight. Oh see. man, he's gonna be so good. Nah, I love Isaiah Evans already, man. That just his just his uh, uh his mentality, his his demeanor, the fire the fire he plays with. Yeah, nah, man, that's that's the type of players we need in Cameron, man. I respect to everyone who's walked in that door in Cameron, but a lot of players don't come enough with the fire, you know. And he's gonna he gonna bring that. I know he's he's hyped to play for Duke, so I love I love fun. the kids. I love the kids who are like who clearly love Duke. You know, right. who aren't just like like or you can tell it's not just like like sometimes you can tell there's dudes who like don't like who 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 like Duke, who like the coaches and their teammates and whatever, but don't but aren't like living and breathing Duke, you know. Right. And not every player has to do that, you know, but the ones who very clearly do that, I do think that fans can tell and it ingratiates them to fans a little bit more right out of the gate, you know. Oh, for sure. And and he gives me those vibes. I mean, obviously, Coop gives me those flop goes vibes, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. For sure. Yeah. But, um, all Spark says just don't tweet. That's also a good policy. Generally, is just don't tweet. <laughs> you know, like if you if you, uh, you'd be you'd be surprised with some of the wild shit that I've tweeted. But before I hit send, I do sit and think, should I send this? Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, you know, we all have some wild tweets. Um, <laughs> but looking forward to before we get out of here, we got Ryan's Notre got some Dame. wild tweets. Where's Ryan? Why didn't hey, he call Ryan, in? Ryan got some wild tweets. He wasn't tweeting tonight. Um, <laughs> he's he's handing off some tweets to uh, parents while he's there. Yeah, he start, he's talking to Coach K. He's outside Coach K's office just waiting. He's trying waiting to get, to him get on a the picture. Crazy cast. <laughs> uh we got uh at Notre Dame Saturday, Pittsburgh Tuesday, back to back road games. What do you expect this weekend? I mean, I expect wins. <laughs> I Yo, think okay, okay. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If we lose to Notre Dame on Saturday, what would you feel? Uh disaster. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that Notre Dame. Well, well, oh, they just beat the brakes off Virginia. My Virginia, goodness. Yeah. Um, but that was eight days after they beat Marist at home by four, and uh, you know, only eleven days after they got blown out by the Citadel at home. You know, so like I think that says more about Virginia than it does about Notre Dame. I do think Micah Shrewsbury is a genuinely brilliant coach, is a great, great coach. They just don't have a high major roster this year. Like, just period. Right. They've got a mid-major roster, and 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 that's the end of it. So, like, their, their three-point percentage, 330th in the country, and they shoot one of the highest rates of threes there is. Like, <laughs> you know, that's, that's tough. They are – Sub 300th in turnover percentage. Um, I mean, like, they play one of the slowest tempos in the country. I, I'm They're going to play decent defense. I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, if we see some stretches where Duke goes cold or, or they scheme Duke to, like, fall into some bad ISO habits. 
I wouldn't be surprised by that. Shrewsbury is a very clever guy. Um, and I think long run Notre Dame will be really good with him at the helm. This just didn't the year. So we can't lose to them if we have any serious thoughts of uh, certainly of winning an ACC title, but even of having like a top three NCAA tournament seed. I mean, they're 171st in Ken Palm. And before that Virginia loss, Virginia win, they were 223rd. Mm. I mean, like, they're like, they're not Louisville bad, but they're close, you know. Uh, so not, you, you uh, can't, you can't, you can't lose that game. We'll be, a, we'll be a 15 point favorite on the road, which is crazy, but it's true. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Duke comes in and loafs if we see another like first four minutes where we're like, really, this is what we're going to do today. We can't just like, we can't just coast. Um, that's certainly a possibility against a team like Notre Dame, but, uh, you know, we need to win that game. And then Pitt, I mean, look, I, I, I've said, I've, I've talked enough about Pitt on this podcast, I guess. I, I don't think they're a good team this year. I said, I said preseason that if this ended up being Jeff's last year there, I would not be surprised. Sheesh. I mean, I mean, they're still nine to four. I mean, it's not. I don't dude, think they they're that. I don't think they're that good. But like, they played getting no fired. Nobody, dude. But they still getting fired though. No body, nobody. They are projected by Ken Palm a very generous eighteen and thirteen finish. I think that is generous. They are three hundred and twenty. First in strength of schedule outside of the ACC. They beat up on bad teams. That's all they've done. They beat up on bad teams. The second they faced a team that is remotely good, they have uh, folded like laundry. So, uh, look, man, I – and it's it might not be Jeff's fault, but, you know, they got one guy. That team has one guy. They got the freshman. That's it. I know Blake Hinson has some games here and there too. Maybe Blake Hinson will blow up against Duke, but they they're basically the the their good performances have been like the the freshmen going off. No. Yeah, yeah, you know the ACC Coach of the Year award. Like, yeah, dude. But if you look at like, like I know that they were in real bad shape. I know they were in real, real, real bad shape at Pittsburgh. I get it. But like 14 and 19, 16 and 17, 10 and 12, 11 and 21, their best season under him is an 11 seed, 24 and 12. I mean, if they go back to being like a 500 type team this year, like how long is Pitt going to be satisfied with being a 500 team? This is like the whole problem with the ACC in general is a lot of like schools, even in the transfer portal era where you can turn your program around in a year, in a year, if you've got some investment, they're like, well, let's give, let's give Kevin Keats another two or three years. It's like, what? NC State can go out and get a guy tomorrow who could bring in new guys they could they could find a Jerome Tang. They could find a Tommy Lloyd. They could find somebody. Like, you don't have to settle for being mid forever. Like, you don't. It's okay. You can find a new coach. It's fine. 
I don't know why Louisville hadn't fired Kenny Payne. I know it's a money thing, but like this is why the ACC is going to collapse in the next five years or whatever. Because all these, all these, it doesn't have anything to do with basketball. It's all about football, but it doesn't help that basketball is keeping all these mid like things going on. You said somebody said mid is good for NC State, dude. Not for state fans. <laughs> Talk to state fans about it. Virginia Tech, Mike Young, a great mid-major coach. Send us to the uh, big to Big Ten or something, Big Twelve. Like, get us out of there. Get us in USC out of there, man. Because you... it's taking. <laughs> we got Cal coming in, Stanford, uh, SMU. Come on, bro. Dude, the man. Cal coach Mark Madsen. When he comes, when he comes to the ACC, he might be a top five ACC coach. The year he comes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's a really good coach. It's just they don't have dudes. Same with Shrewsbury. Yeah. But at least they moved on. They didn't. They, they've found a guy. They found guys. They're going to try guys. They're not going to go into year eight of well, maybe this year we'll win eleven games in conference. It's like, dude, embarrassing. <laughs> who are the best? Who are the best? There's a real question, Zion. Who are the best? Uh, and leave Shire out of it because he's he's young, and also because we're biased. Who are the best? Uh, four coaches in the ACC? The best four coaches? Um, I mean, uh, let's let's assume, let's also make it easy. You're going to have Larinaga on there, right? Yeah, Larinaga. And you're going to have Tony Bennett on there. Tony Bennett. Um, right, so that's two. Who are Steve, the next two? Steve, uh, what's his name, Forbes? Steve Forbes, he would be on mine, absolutely. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think. The last one. I'm trying to think who's in the ACC. Well, that's a problem oh, too. <laughs> Brad, Brad Brownell. It I might guess. be Brad Brownell. Yeah, who yeah, Clemson yeah. fans have been trying to fire for years. <laughs> <laughs> and he might be a top four coach in the conference, dude. You <laughs> Definitely know what not I mean? Hubert Davis. Definitely not Hubert Davis. It's not Hubert Davis. It's not, it's not Jeff. I, I love Jeff with all my heart. It's not Jeff. You know, it's not um, it's not my man, Earl Grant. I almost said Ed Grant. Almost tanked it. It's not Earl Grant at BC. Damon Stoudemire. Like, Leonard <laughs> Hamilton has had a good, like, five to six-year run. You know what I mean? It's like, cooked now. It's cooked for him now. It's done. He's cooked. He's cooked. It, and, like, when man. you go back and look at his resume – He's coached for like 25 years. They made the tournament like eight years. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, he's made the tournament like a third of the time, which I guess is good for Florida State, but it's not good for the ACC. Mm -hmm. Shrewsbury yeah. might be it, but it's too early. Mike Young is a great mid-major coach who can't get Virginia Tech into the tournament. Stoudemire, <laughs> it's too early. It's definitely not Kevin Keats. Kevin Keats is good for beating Duke once a year, once every two years. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> and that's yeah. all she wrote. Uh, but it, uh, but it, that's all, folks. You know? I, don't, I can't even think of anybody else. It's shameful. Shameful this is what has the ACC has become. But, you know, we still got to yeah, win so, the ACC. So, so, so we got to win the next two games. Like, this is a year where you where Duke has to win the ACC. Yeah. Like – Come on, man. Like, th this is a you have to win the ACC this year year. 
It'll be us and UNC and Clemson is the only three good teams in the conference. Pretty much. I don't, I, I don't even think Clemson going live, to be honest. I, I we'll think Clemson once and we'll play them in Cameron, I believe. Yep. Okay. Right? The the yeah. We'll play Miami the, um, once. Got the schedule right here. We'll play them at Miami. But Miami's not that good this year anyway, so it doesn't matter. But 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 Miami's not that good every year, and yet they still make an elite eight. Nah, they still have enough talent to where they could, the wrong night they could catch us on the wrong night. And, I get it. I get it. Yeah, we go to Miami. I mean, if if, if this was a year, I mean, we got off to a bad start losing to Georgia yeah, Tech. Changed. But if there if there was a year to just run through the ACC, it'd kind of be this year. If we can, if we can, if we can win at Miami and at Wake in the same week, then I think we win the ACC. Yeah, you know what I mean. I agree. Yeah, but we play Clemson once. It's at home, and we'll play Carolina twice. So between that Clemson game and those two UNC games, if we can win two of those three, and not and not be be dumb dumbs in January and lose some dumb thing in the next week. <laughs> <laughs> Then, then, yeah, we should win the ACC. There's always a world in which we drop some goofy-ass game. It's going to happen. It's only a matter of time. It will happen. But UNC will drop a goofy one, too. Clemson will drop a goofy one, too. Man, Monty. We got to win, man. Miami got to win. <laughs> oh, man, Monty, man. I'm going to block you from the line, Monty. Under, under the tour, <laughs> who, what I describe him as – I think I called him IT guy. We're looking like. Are we a, going? Are we going? Yeah. Why do we always go to Virginia Tech? Like, when is Virginia Tech coming to Cameron? We're going to we're going to Virginia Tech right after the Clemson game and right before we go to UNC. That game smells like that has lost stink all over it. Yeah. That has lost stink all over it. Yeah. We're and we're better than Virginia Tech, but like if you, that's that's a game that just we just can't win at Virginia Tech, man. When's the last time we won at Virginia Tech, bro? I I looked I looked this up the other day because somebody uh, tried to get sassy about like, well, Duke always loses at NC State, and then I think my response was like, yeah, dude, Duke the last decade has lost at a lot of places. <laughs> <laughs> like we can't win at Clemson, we can't win at FSU, we can't win at Virginia Tech. You know, like there, there's just a bunch of schools in the ACC that, for whatever reason, kind of had K's number down the stretch there. And part of it was we'd always overlook them, and that's certainly the case there. Yeah, Virginia Tech beat us last year. They played in Cameron the year before that. We beat them. They beat us in 2021, but you don't get any credit for that. Yeah. We no beat credit. them. We beat the brakes off of them in 2020 at at uh, Castle. That okay. was the last time we beat them at their place. And then they beat us in 2019 at their place. They beat us in 2018 at their place. So we're like one of our last five at their place. And we got to play him in between Clemson and UNC, dude. Come on, trap game. We'll see that. We'll stink. see that. Bad stink, dude. Wafting, mm. wafting. Bad stink. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Notre Dame and Pitt. We got to win. To go back to your original question, we got to win those games, man. Got to win those yeah. games. Unimpeachable we'll must win. Must beat Georgia Tech and Pitt at home in the next two games. After that, 
must beat Louisville, obviously, in the game after that. We need to win these next uh, five games. And then we get to Clemson, Virginia Tech, UNC. We get to the interesting stuff. Yeah. You got to go 5 and 0 these next 5 games if you're a serious if you're a serious ACC title contender and if you're a serious top 3 NCAA tournament seed contender. You have to win these next 5 games. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And you have to we'll not see. tweet at players or their parents. Yeah, no, don't tweet at players or or their parents or their cousins or their best friends or their girlfriends. Don't tweet. Just don't tweet. Just log off. Just delete your Twitter account. Um Monty says Miami's got 30-year-old uh, doctorate Monty. students. He said Monty. Miami's got 30-year-old doctorate students. Hey, I've, Enough, I've, been, I've, uh, I've, I've thrown no, some No, Russ, no. No, I'm trying to close, Russ. I'm, I'm trying I've, to close. I've thrown, I've thrown some ones up on a stage with some 30-year-old doctorate no, students in Miami. No, you know what I mean? No. I'm trying to close. I'm trying to go to bed. I'm tired. All right. We appreciate y'all for tuning in. Uh, you know, well, we don't, I don't know when we'll be back, but, you know. We'll be back soon. Um, definitely subscribe to the podcast. Um, like us on YouTube. You know, help us out. Comment on YouTube to um, help the ag- algorithm. But yeah, use the code Crazy on Home Field. If you want some Duke Apparel, I'm sure they got some Duke Apparel coming out soon. Go check that out. Use the, the code, code Crazy. CBB Analytics. CBB Analytics. CBB Analytics. Use the code crazy. Just use the code crazy. You could be at Walmart. Use the code crazy. It might work. Um, but we appreciate you for tapping in with us. Go Duke. Good win. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.